0: Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray Delanuez, and this is the podcast for good men on their journey to live epic lives. I show up every week with legendary guests who help me bring you some of the most impactful content out there on masculinity, and we don't disappoint. This week's episode is brought to you by MasterMyPurpose.com, but a little bit more on that later. My guest this week is Justin Camp. Justin is an amazing writer and storyteller with a heart for adventure. He co-founded Gather Ministries with his wife, Jennifer, and has created the popular Wire for Men devotional. Justin's writings in his book, including Invention and Odyssey, have been featured on Charisma, Moody Radio, Focus on the Family, God TV, Christian Post, Crosswalk, and many other media media outlets today. Me and Justin catch up and talk about his latest book in the Wire series called Rescue. Guys, you are going to love this conversation. Just get ready to be challenged and fed all in one sitting. Gentlemen, Justin Camp. Justin, I just want to start off a little bit unconventional for this podcast and tell you, man, once I picked up the book Rescue, I could not put it down. Like I just had to find out what was going to happen on the next page and the next page and the next page. So I want to know what was your inspiration for writing this book?
1: So this is the third book in, in what we're calling the Wire series for men. Um, the first book is called Invention. It's it's about identity. Uh, the second book is called Odyssey, and it's all about kind of going into the wilderness, either figuratively or literally, and, uh, you know, meeting God, not, you know, like we most, mostly we kind of hear about God, you know, secondhand, thirdhand, but this is actually kind of, meeting him the way that we were designed to meet him one-on-one and then rescue is, is uh, all about community. And uh, you know, it was probably about 15 years ago that um, I was in a, you know, particularly kind of burned out dark place. And, uh, some, (laughs) some friends of mine had been asking me for years to join their men's group, but just stop by, you know, not even join, but just stop by once or twice. And finally I dragged myself over there and, uh, it changed everything. I can honestly say, you know, we use, we use words like game changer, you know, uh, very often in, in, you know, in the American sort of vernacular, but uh, this was a game changer for me. I mean, I can, I look at my life before community and I look at my life after and they're radically different. So, um, you know, I walked in there and there were a bunch of men talking about stuff that nobody talks about. They were they were honest and bold in their confessions. They were talking about, you know, struggles with alcohol and pornography and rage as fathers, you know, um, you know, outbursts of rage at their kids. And they were, you know, I'd never been in a men's group like that. Um, most of the men's groups that I had been a part of, or, you know, kind of the men's retreats guys would say, yeah, work is busy and the kids are good, you know? And then the next guy would go, yeah, work is busy and the kids are good. These guys were talking in real language about real struggles and it scared scared the daylights out of me because I wasn't used to that. And I wasn't used to revealing myself that way. And uh, and yet there was something that just felt like life. It felt like, you know, I think I started realizing that I was made to be known all the way by some other men and I wasn't. So it took some time and God was gracious and he gave me some time to kind of get to the point where I could, you know, kind of reveal everything, the good and the bad of my past. Um, but when I did, I just, you know, like I say, it changed everything for me.
0: Yeah. Wow. And just reading, uh, some of that in your book and being able to, uh, really get a, get to know you through your story. I kind of sense that I kind of sense that there was this deep transformation in this experience, right? Like yeah. a game changing right? transformation Absolutely. in this experience with men. Um, and that's really why I started off with this question. So usually what I lead off with is, Hey, if you can go back and talk to your 10, uh, if you can go back, talk to yourself about 10 to 15 years ago, yeah. what would you say to that guy? You know? And it, I, I, maybe I can guess, but go ahead. I'd
1: still want to hear your answer. (laughs) No, you can guess. You know, it's funny when I was doing, when I would do interviews like this for invention or Odyssey, I would always say the same thing. And, you know, I would be on a radio show or a podcast and they'd say, what's your, what's the most important piece of advice. If you could give one single piece of advice to men, what would it be? And it's essentially the same question that you're asking me. What would, what what single piece of advice would I want to tell myself ten or 15 years ago and it's always the same it's get into community that's what ha- you know it happens that this is this book is about community so it's pretty obvious what i'm going to say but i think it wasn't obvious when i was doing those other interviews i just feel like you know there's something tremendously powerful surprising um untapped you know and it's in, in most men's lives and it's the fact that the holy spirit lives in us dwells within our hearts and so When I encounter you, I not only encounter you personally, I encounter the God of the universe because he dwells in your heart and you do the same with me. And so it's really, really something special rather than, you know, other ways that we can spend our time where we are not encountering God. We can encounter God through, you know, through scripture. Absolutely. We can encounter God in prayer, but for me, and I think a lot of men, we can, we encounter God most easily and most readily just by sitting down with another man. And we don't have to have the right words. We don't have the right, have to have the right program, the right, you know, study guide or book study or whatever. We just need to be together and get real and, you know, mm-hmm. commit to each other and create a safe place where guys are willing to take risks, but God does the rest. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, that, that, that group that I, that I first joined, um, we called it the cave, um, because, uh, it was, a uh, we met in a, in a, a conference room of a, of a, um, of a, you know, kind of a corporate building where one of the guys in the group had had his offices and uh, somebody had had uh, wallpapered the walls, but also the ceiling and the waste paper basket and everything that could take wallpaper. They wallpapered it with this kind of stone looking wallpaper. It was, it was terrible, but it was awesome at the same time. (laughs) And we called it the cave because of that. So about a year, I don't know, maybe a little bit more than a year uh, after I joined the cave, I was so fired up that I grabbed some guys from there and we started a new group, a splinter group, you know, that had gotten pretty big. And so we, we had some ideas about, bringing some other guys in so we did that. And so I went and sat first thing I did is go I went and sat down with the guy who had been leading the cave and I said, "Okay, tell me everything you can tell me about leading a men's group." And he goes, "Okay, got it. Let's let's talk about it." And uh I remember I had a uh a yellow legal pad and a and a pen and I was sitting there just ready to write. And he said, "Okay, first thing is and make sure to invite the Holy Spirit." And the idea was that like you know, God is omnipresent. He's here. He's here in this moment. He's here with you. You know, I mean, he's here, but we need to give him permission because he's never, he's not, he's not a coercive God. He's not going to force his influence and input into our lives. And yeah. so we need to give him permission. And so he said that, you know, give permission to the Holy Spirit. And then, he, and I said, okay, great. Got that. Okay. What's next? And he said, that's it. And, and, and I think it's a real I think that I think that's true. I think that's absolutely a true statement that that's what we need most. And if we do that, we get, you know, almost everything right in terms of community. Um, and it's just a testament to how involved God's willing to be in our lives if we let him be, you know. So I think in my leading of groups over the past 15 years you know, I think that's one thing that I've really tried hard to do is do that invitation and give, give God, you know, the, the honor of, 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 uh, you know, allowing his inf- input and influence and the rest just kind of figures itself out. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man, you know, I'm actually going to maybe try, uh, at it from this guy's perspective. There's a guy out there that's like, yeah, I meet with a bunch of guys all the time. We get together, um, and we, we watch football together and we get together and we, go have a bite to eat at the bar and you know, whatever. Yeah. I have a community of guys. So why am I not experiencing this same type yeah. of rescue experience that you're talking about? Um, I have my own thoughts, but yeah. I want to hear yours first.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. Um, we have as men, we have so many objections to community, and what I would, what I would say is what, what you're describing is good. It's, it's important. I have friends like that too, that I go and, you know, watch the, just did that, you know, with the national championship. And uh, it's not the same. It's not what we're talking about. It's not what Jesus encouraged. I mean, Jesus, you know, defines community as, you know, love God more than anything else with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love other people, at least as much as you love yourself. So that's the definition of community when we're sitting there and we're, you know, hiding, we're not revealing who we are. We're not loving and, and we're not letting other men do that to us. We're not loving each other in the way that, uh, that, um, Jesus, uh, encourages us, pleads with us to do, um, for our own, for our own good. So I think, you know, um, those, the m- most of the time, and, and this is certainly true in my story, the, the groups that we're a part of are just lacking something. They're lacking honesty. We're just not revealing enough of ourselves. We're meant to be known. We're meant to be known all the way so that it destroys shame, you know, so that we never walk in there and say, what would these guys think if they knew the real me? They need to know the real you. And I know that's scary. It's terrifying. It was terrifying to me. Um, But uh, when we take those risks, I think, um, can it go badly? It can. But most of the time it goes Um, really, really well when we are known for the first time um, in our lives um, and, and, and people still accept us, then we can walk around saying people do know me all the way and they still accept me and they still love me and it, and it absolutely destroys shame. Um, And then we need to, you know, be committed to one another. And I just don't think um, most of us have our brothers, you know, our true brothers kind of at the right Uh, level of priority in our lives. I think we need to bump them up a little bit because, uh, and I think it flows to the benefit of every other priority, you know, our work priorities, our family priorities. We think, no, 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 I can't, I can't be committed to other men because I have these other priorities that are higher. And I think if we do, if we do life with other men, they actually make us better, you know, bosses, better employees, better um, uh, spouses, better fathers, better friends. And so, It's a little counterintuitive, but when we commit to one another and, you know, Jesus kind of gave us the, uh, you know, the threshold for how much we're supposed to commit to one another, which is we're supposed to lay down our lives for one another. And we don't have to, you know, uh, you know, there may be opportunities Hopefully, I guess, you know, I kind of something deep inside of me hopes that, you know, that I sometime have the opportunity to lay down my literally lay down my life for my friends, Um, though it would scare me. You know, I I would love kind of that honor, but uh, we can lay down an hour of our lives to be together. We can lay down a, a, a round of golf to be with a friend who's hurting. You know, we can we can do it in in really small, but really important ways. Again. helping another man see God because we showed up, you know, like me showing up for a friend in need is, is cool. It's great. Me showing up with God in my heart is astounding. You know, it's something that can really rock somebody's world and change everything for them. So I think we, uh, you know, (laughs) I think most groups, we're just, we're stopping them before they start because we're just not committing to each other and we're not really getting honest.
0: That's it, man. That's a really good point. So I, I actually, I'll include there another H word since you said honest. Um, I think that uh, those groups oftentimes lack heat and here's, yeah. here's what I mean. Um, I think a lot of guys can resonate with the, with the scriptures when it says, you know, sharpen uh, iron, sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. You're like, Hey, yes, I'm getting together with these other guys and we're just going to sharpen each other. What I think a lot of guys miss is that when you just take iron and put it together in a bucket, you know, (laughs) let some water pull up in there. You're just going to get rust, man. That's (laughs) right. you got to have friction, right? you got to have that chemical reaction that's going to happen. Then through the friction comes some heat and there's some discomfort, right? And so you're kind of, you have to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations by being honest, by stepping forward and saying, okay, I'm not going to lead this today. I'm going to allow Holy Spirit to lead this. And when he takes it to somewhere where, I didn't expect it to go. I'm just going to go ahead and trust and say, Hey, this is part of my rescue. Yeah. I'm going to let it happen.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I, and you know, I'll, I'll add one other thing in there. Um, you know, sometimes the heat is because, um, you know, people provoke us and annoy us and reveal in us what needs healing. And so God will often put together groups that are very, very different than the ones we would choose for ourselves. I've been in groups that I've chosen for ch- chosen for myself and they're nothing compared to the value to me, uh, of, of, a uh, com- compared to a group that, you know, God has chosen for me. And the problem is I, you know, I think a lot of men are in this, you know, this is another objection is, you know, there are no men in my life, you know, where, where is the community? And I think if we, if we sort of slow down and say, who's in my orbit, you know, who did God, bring? who has God brought into my life? I think a lot of times we're like, yeah, but uh, yeah, well, that guy's there and that other guy's there, but that's not who I would choose. And I think that really inhibits the, the working of God. If we, if we sit there and go, okay, God, is this my rescue team? Could these guys, cause they're never, never the guys that I would choose, but could they still be? the ones you've chosen for me and we sort of drop pride drop our you know insecurities and drop our fears and give it a try i think so often we realize oh i realize why those were exactly the right guys and it could be like i say it could be the you know the reason for the heat is is annoyance and the and the reason for the heat is you know provocation and different beliefs and different backgrounds and different you know ways of relating and uh, and, and if we just sort of let god do what he is doing and we join him in, in his community building in our lives. You know, we, I think we realized at some point how masterful he was in putting those people together, but you know, so many of us resisted. I mean, we used to talk about the cave and the, 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 the next group that I started, we, we called the table. Cause it met around a conference table in my office building. Um, we used to, we used to call ourselves the Island of misfit toys. I mean, we were guys who would <laughs> never hang out in any other context and they became my brothers you know, and it was God, he was the master of ceremonies, choosing us for one another. And it wasn't anything that we had to do. And we joke about it. It became kind of a badge of honor, you know, yeah. that, uh, look at us, you know, like who would have put these guys together? And, uh, you know, I think we, we, we started to look a little bit like that ragtag group that gathered around, around Jesus, you know, yeah, these 12 exactly. random guys, you know, kind of from all different backgrounds some kind of, you know, scruffy and and, and uh, some kind of, you know, dishonorable guys and, and, right. and what a fantastic group. And I just feel like I, I kind of have that in my heart because I've experienced it, you know, the heart to, to try to find those guys who God, you know, kind of with a twinkle in his eye, I could imagine, you know, has gathered together for me.
0: Do you dream of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man? Maybe you've even wished that you would finally become more faithful and disciplined, but after trying so damn hard, you still don't see any lasting change, so you feel discouraged and ashamed. And I get that because that was me more than eight years ago. But I can tell you right now that one of the things that's going to help you become the man that God created you to be is by getting a life coach. Somebody who's going to be in your corner and walking with you along the way. And because I understand the transformative power of a virtual life coach, I want to offer you a free session right now on me. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Over the last 11 years, I have seen it where, you know, the, the team that you're given, the unit that you're given is not usually um, right. the one that you necessarily uh, want. Right. It's not the, the right. one that is going to have the 300 uh, PFT the guys that can just crush it uh, physically, right. the guys that could shoot the best. But you're given a team and it is your responsibility to train that team and become a unit with that team. Because it's not, you never bring the army uh, to war that you want. You bring the army that you have.
1: Right, right.
0: right. Man, but time and time again, I've been surprised where... When I, I actually invest, I take time to like pour in and invest and just follow and pursue. Yeah, And I'm stunned because I'm like, man, this, this guy with a twang from Arkansas that I would have never talked to this other, you know, Cali boy from SoCal, uh, you know, this other guy up here from Maine. And we all come together in one group and we make a fantastic yeah. team because we have a purpose. right? We have a duty and a responsibility to each other, which actually drives our actions. It drives how it is that we interact with each other, how it is that we, um, we perform our individual roles in the team to make the team function. Um, and that's what I love so much about the stories that you told inside of uh, the book rescue. You told stories of men who were part of teams. All individual men who came together as part of a team to rescue, right, to provide uh, that, that, that saving grace for somebody who was in need. And right after uh, some of your story in, in the first chapter, actually, I got this bit here that I was I was definitely blown away by. I want to read it here and then kind of get your thoughts on it you wrote, uh, without the love and devotion and acceptance of my brothers, I'd still be alone in my shame, isolated and alienated from God in a job that I'd grown to hate having little or no sense of my true God-given identity without brothers willing to come for me. I'd still be trapped somewhere out there in the darkness. Mm. And man, it's, it's cause guys got together and said, dude, we got you.
1: Yeah. We yeah, got you. absolutely
0: guys that you didn't pick.
1: (laughs) No, no, not at all. Yeah, that's good. You know, I loved what you, first of all, I want to say, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, in awe and, um, and so grateful for the United States Marine Corps. So, uh, you know, to you and all your, all your brothers, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you, you talked about how these, uh, how everyone has a job you know and it's very difficult you, you grab 10 guys and and you know like say 10 guys form up at a, at a at a men's retreat and they break everyone up into small groups you know, and you sit around a table, you know, eight to 10 guys, something like that, six guys, and you look around and you go, I have no idea what everyone else's job is, but I just kind of judge people and rate people based on their appearance and how they sound and kind of, you know, do they seem like they're going to challenge me very much? Or are they going to make me kind of feel good about myself? Because, well, that guy's nicely dressed. He probably has a good job. And, and that guy's kind of funny looking and you just, you know, and, and you just, we just sort of rate people and, and, uh, and, and make decisions about, do we want to stay in this group or not? But We have no idea what that person's job is, you know, because we're going to, you know, I, I, one of the, one of the themes of the first, I guess it's the second chapter. The first chapter is my story, but second chapter for second chapter, but the first kind of full chapter in the book is about how life is tough, you know? This isn't what you know the world is meant to look like. you know, there's just, you know I, I picture the world that God intended and and or, or or the 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 world that's coming where everybody you meet is for you. everyone everyone is living according to that standard. Love God most, love each other, you know, at least as much as you love yourself. So every person I meet is for me you know every person is quick to understand and forgive and 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 their my interests are as big a deal to them as their own interests and 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 vice versa we don't live in that world we live in a competitive hard world and one of the things that we do um at the beginning of the book is uh is encourage guys to pray over the news, just open up your news app on a given day or open up the newspaper and just pray over the news and pray behind it kind of underneath what's going on. And it just, it just opens your eyes to how much the world is, is hurting. How, how, you know, every story in there is about some, you know, terrible circumstance. And, uh, I, I just, I, 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 you know, what would we expect? You know, scripture says that the world is ruled by the enemy. He's the prince of this world. And, and this is his culture. And this culture is, I think, designed to isolate us and to make us miserable. And so, you know, when I kind of sit with that group of guys and I look around the table, I have no idea what their role is but we're going into battle together. You know, we're already there. And I think what we figure out over time, and, you know, I was talking about this earlier, you figure out why this group of guys is the right group is you figure out what that guy's job is and what that one's really good at. And what this guy is can bring that nobody else can. And you realize somebody had something in mind. My heavenly father who is so much smarter than I am understatement had something in mind here. He put us together for a reason for these jobs you know, so that we would be a complete team and effective for rescuing each other. And, you know, you, you read some of the, you know, in that, in that, um, uh, little bit you read, um, that was kind of a list of the ways that the men had rescued me, you know, and they weren't, some of them were huge. You know, some of them, you know, I was I had struggled with pornography and, and I I can credit my brothers, you know, helping me break that addiction. But there were other things, too. There were ways that I was just, you know didn't know who I truly was. And they would speak identity into me. You know, there were ways that I didn't know God the way I was intended to know him. And they, they would speak truth into my life and and enable that kind of stuff and open up new horizons for me in terms of um, uh, ways that I could interact with God that I, I figured it was just, you know, get up early in the morning, read the Bible and they would say, well, let's explore how you uniquely were designed to encounter God. And I would say, really, like I can encounter him like, You know, mountain biking. Well, that's crazy because I love mountain biking and I do feel his presence out there. And so it opened up all this new stuff for me. There were all of these rescues and they wouldn't have happened. But for that ragtag group who was just doing their job you know, yes, each one. So anyway, i love, I love the analogy to the Marine Corps because I know there's, yeah. you know, so much, so much uh, analogy there.
0: No, there is. And as I read this, I'm just like, man, he, he could have just picked so much, right. It's so much uh, of the parallels from the military and, and yeah. brought this, in. this was just so unique. Uh, it's so well-written guys, by the way, uh, I'm not even going to wait to the end. Um, Justin, I want you to go ahead and just put in a plug right now. Where can guys get this book? Where do they go to get this thing?
1: Yeah. So uh, the easiest way is just go to Amazon, put, you know, rescue and Justin camp in there. Um, or we, you can go to our website. So the the hub for everything I do and and my wife is my partner in ministry. She's a writer too. And she writes a lot of stuff for women. Um, our uh, kind of hub for all the writing that we do is gatherministries.com So you can find the books, our podcast, our, you know, free devotionals that we send out we, uh, bi-weekly devotionals. So um, everything can, can be accessed there but the the fastest and quickest way is just go to amazon
0: go to amazon yeah guys you need to get this and you know what i found that it was a very easy read as in like not that the words that you use were easy or anything like like it was perfectly written um but just that it flowed so well where i like i needed to turn the next page to find out man thank you i need i need need it that
1: sings to my heart i mean that's what i'm going for i uh i um I don't know. I just, I just love being in men's ministry. I just, my heart is, uh, is for men. My, my heart is for men that are hurting and men, guys don't like to read, you know, (laughs) they're busy, you know, they're exhausted. And so we tried to create something that, you know, was just digestible, but packed a punch and, uh, you know, and had some momentum. That's why we put the stories exactly. in there, you know, is, exactly. is uh, to try to, you know, guys don't, you know, okay. So most publishers, most Christian publishers will say men, Christian men don't buy books and they don't finish the books that they do buy. And so we wanted to create a book that was fun to read. So the guys might pick it up and tell their friends about it. And then two, that they might finish because there's some momentum to it that, you know, a lot of books don't have. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that it makes my heart happy.
0: Let's take a quick moment to hear from the sponsor of this episode, mastermypurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God-given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men, and march into action right now, then make sure that you head over to mastermypurpose.com for your free 21-day guide to a purpose-driven year. You'll be able to join the army of men already marching into a new direction and purpose. Again, that's mastermypurpose.com. I'm in flow right now. I could just do this all day, being able to dialogue, um, to be able to impact and encourage men from around the world, uh, really with the gospel of Jesus. But I think, you know, one of the other things that you you do well here and what I want to pull out a little bit is that we think that churchy things happen in church and other things happen outside of church, right? So then, like you said, Uh, You didn't know that you can mountain bike and find God. Right. And this really does a number for us because we have responsibilities. It has been like you said, uh, like you said earlier, where you said, Hey, yeah, there's this men's group, but that's going to take an hour out of my life. And don't they know I'm busy? Mm -hmm. Like, no, I told my wife, you know, there was a season where I said, Hey, I'm going to this group for an hour as an investment. So I can come back and be your better husband for the next, you know, whatever period of time, you know, and but we're so busy. We are. It's an excuse sometimes, but we are busy. We have a lot weighing on us. We have, we have to figure out a lot. We're working through a lot. Um, a lot of us really can't find the time to devote, you know, four hours to God, like our pastors can, because what we do is we equate the pastor as the perfect Christian who we should be looking like. And every single yeah. week we say, well, we don't look like him. Therefore I'm not a good Christian. But what you're proposing here. And what you've proposed throughout the book, what you've talked about here is, dude, you can get alone with God just by sitting down and having a cup of coffee and doing what you enjoy, which you explained it yeah. so well, man. And like the first few pages of the book, it, it was a, a kind of a vision that you had. I was sitting at a laptop in a cabin in the woods by the creek and I was happy. <laughs> when I read that, I, I underlined it. I was like, this is what I need right here. This is <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you That's can amazing. find God in that. You can find God. And this is, this one's blew me away. When I discovered this one, uh, it says, seek first the kingdom. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I got to seek first, seek first. That means i got to read my Bible and pray and fast first. And then all the other things like, no, seek first. The kingdom means I get to play Legos with my, with my son on the Absolutely. ground. Absolutely, And I'm seeking first the kingdom when I'm showing him yes. the love of God.
1: Yes. You know, hundred percent.
0: let me hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. You know, A.W. Tozer always talks about the kingdom of God is just, it's just waiting to be discovered if we just kind of open our eyes to it. And so I believe that's true. I, I, you know, it's not that uh, I don't discover God in scripture. I do. I I discover him in sermons and good teaching. Um, But man, it's so much more than that. and, And any place that there is love, you know, in, you know, in, in John, you know, he talks about God all love comes from God, but that God actually is love. And so any place we love other people or encounter love, I believe we're encountering God. And so, um, so absolutely. But I I do want to say like, I, I, one thing that I, one kind of argument I tried to make in this book and something I believe really strongly is that, um, you know, I feel like a lot of guys approach uh, community as a vitamin, you know, I should really take my vitamins. I should really get into a men's group, you know, and I'll do it later, you know? And it's, it's not that it's actually much, much, much more powerful than that. And it can be a painkiller. It can be rescue when we desperately need rescue. That's why all the stories in here are of that moment of rescue. You think all hope is lost and somebody comes comes for you in that moment, you know, and, 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 and takes you out of the darkness. And uh, I've just experienced that so many times. So it wasn't just a vitamin because like, no matter who we are, we're going to come up against something that's bigger than ourselves. We're going to come up against a foe or a struggle that is bigger than we are. And if we are isolated, if we are stubborn in our self-sufficiency and we don't have anybody around us, we've written the ending we're done. You know, yeah. if, if the foe is bigger than we are, we can't win. And we're up against something like, you know, I mean, as, as a Marine, geez, you know, this better than anybody, it's not un-American. It's not, you know um, anything less than masculine to call in air support, to call in, you know, reinforcements. When we come up against something that's bigger than we are, it makes no sense not to invite others into the fight. And then we have, you know, and then we bring God with them because these are our brothers who have God in their heart and we can overcome anything. We can stand in the face of anything. We can stand in the face of a cancer diagnosis. We can stand in the face of a divorce. We can stand in the face of estrangement from a, from a child. You know, we can stand in the face of, you know, um the loss of a job, the loss of a reputation, the loss of financial, you know, stability. We can stand in the face of all of those things and um and overcome. But if we're on our own and we're isolated, how are we going to do that? I mean we've lost before the before the fight even started. And so there's something deep in 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 American culture, I think, because of the history of this country that that are, that are, uh, the quintessential ideals, the most important ideals are independence and self-sufficiency. And I get that there are times that independence and self-sufficiency are really important. And, 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 uh, you know, when it, when, when that's all we have, you know, when, when family men and women and families had to push into wilderness areas and survive. And, you know, when this country was just in the well before the country was, was even founded, that was required of them because there was nothing else, you know, they didn't have any to survive. They had to be self-sufficient, but when we are stubborn in the face of, and we're choosing self-sufficiency, just out have stubbornness in the face of something that's really big and is going to take us down. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. like we use these examples in the book and they're very, you know, extreme examples, but, you know, I use the example of the revolutionary war and, and, uh, you know, the war for independence and then the, uh, and then world war II. like how laughable would it have been if one man stood up and goes, Hey guys, I got this. You you can all just stand down. I'm going to go take out Hitler by myself. We didn't, we, we came together at a time that was almost as divisive as, as, as our current time. I mean, it was right after, you know, they are talking about, you know, um, right before the, the second world war, you know, it was right after the new deal, people were at each other's throats as much as they, are right now, but we came together and we bled for each other. We, we, man, we fought shoulder to shoulder against, against something that was evil. Well, what we're up against in our lives right now is the evil behind that evil. You know, it's the greatest, you know, it's the greatest evil that this world will ever face. And so, um, I just think it's not a vitamin it's, it's necessity. It is survival and it is even more than that, because God's involved, it is joy and it is peace and it is kindness and it is life. So I don't know. I, I feel like you know, without it, we're done, and with yeah. it, we get everything. We get access to Man, the I kingdom. agree. You know. I wholeheartedly agree. I,
0: I think maybe what you're talking about is the difference between when people say, "Hey, I'm on a diet," uh, because diets are so temporal, right? Or oh. I am switching uh, the way I eat. Right, so when you do a diet versus a lifestyle, right, (laughs) that that is completely different. Right,
1: that's Um, good.
0: So, man, I, I definitely resonates with me. Um, I'm right there with you on this one, and I think a lot of our listeners are too. You know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up that came up as as you were just discussing what you were saying, is that I think a lot of people misunderstand uh, when a man goes to war, he never wants to go die for his country right mm-hmm. like really what we want to do is we want to have other people um give up and if they don't they will die for their country that's right. <laughs> yeah right? like that's the <laughs> the end goal however when we say that uh you know a man man yeah he died uh, for this country or fighting for this country yes it's true i get it but because i'm in the trenches because i'm in the lines right. i know a little truth and I'm, I'm about to give that to you guys right now a lot of these guys are not dying for their country. They're dying Mm. for the men to their left and right.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. These war heroes that we, that we pin on silver stars and medals of honor, they didn't get these awards because, you know, somebody said, Hey, this guy just was such a great character for our country that we should emulate. And we owe him the, you know, the greatest debt. And we do, right. Right. We also have to understand that he did those actions that earned him that medal because of the men that he had around him you fight for the men that you have to your left or right so if you have nobody to your left and right who are you fighting for right well you're maybe you're fighting alone maybe you're one of those guys like you brought up that is a uh you're a self-made man you're you're an island in isolation you just said hey i have my own support i have machine guns trained to the front to my left and to my right and I'm good. Anybody comes from any direction. Okay, somebody's got me from the rear. It's all good. No, because the, the ocean's to my rear. So now what? Mm. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. We say that any fire without movement is a waste of bullets, right? So mm. if you're firing at something and nobody's moving, you're just wasting bullets. But if you are moving without fire, without supporting fire, that's suicide. Okay. So, uh, fire without movement is is a waste of bullets. Movement without fire is suicide. So, a lot of guys are trying to move forward in their lives. A lot of guys are trying to press into whatever it is that God has for them, whatever uh, purposes they have for their life or whatever goals they have ahead of them. They're pressing in. And, guys, if you're doing that, I say go at it 100%. Do it. But guess what? You're going to find yourself one day needing mutual support and wishing that you had somebody providing you supporting fire from your left flank because yeah. dang it the enemy knows the playing field just as just as much as you do yeah. i heard an african proverb uh once that said uh, if you want to go fast you go yeah. alone
1: right.
0: if you want to go far you go with others
1: yeah so good There's so much truth in that yeah no i appreciate that a lot
0: so i want to maybe get the the guys um a little bit of what you, uh, what you said here before I let you go. Because I think this is a, this is a good spot to, to leave them off at and uh, something that's important, maybe a practical tip they can walk away with. Uh, in the third chapter you wrote, um, and the most of us have been traveling alone and have no one to call out, call, to, call out to. No one is on our speed dial. No one knows what peril we've gotten ourselves into. No one knows to mobilize a rescue mission. And I'm just thinking real practically, like who's on my, after I read that, I said, who's on my mm. speed dial?
1: Mm.
0: You know, if I'm in a moment of weakness, who can I call right now? Mm. And maybe that that's a question that I leave for you, uh, listener. I want to ask you, who would you call right now yeah. if Things, if you you heard a prognosis that was not favorable, there was a death in the family. uh, You're going through it. You know, lust and temptation got got in the way. Something happened. You lost your job. Who would you call? What do you have to say?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a great question. It's one, one that I pose in the book that, you know, uh, Patrick Morley, who wrote uh, man in the mirror said, who's your 2am friend? You know, do you have one, do you have somebody you could call at 2am and they're not going to get mad at you, you know, and they're going to be there for you. And I, I just, one thing I, I kind of feel in my heart, you know, that men might be might who, who don't have that. And, and, you know, who are listening to our conversation here, um, might somebody might feel is that is is like, Whoa, that seems like a really big hill to climb, you know, to build the relationship that would result in the guy that I can put on speed tile and call at 2am. And I just want to say it's not. The bar is low and the bar is low because there's something otherworldly going on when we meet together. I mean, Jesus said, you know, he is there uniquely when two or three are gathered, he's there. And, uh, I think that is because of the fact that, you know, we we bring God into the mix. So interestingly, when you get two or more men together, because like I said earlier, the Holy spirit lives in both of them. And so getting together for coffee is a great yes. start. You know, I mean, you know, getting together for breakfast is a great start. The hill, it's not a mountain. That hill that we think we have to climb is a lot lower. That bar that we have to get over is a lot lower than you think it is. You know, when we start getting together, God starts working and amazing things happen. And we can have that 2 a.m. friend a lot sooner than we think. And, you know, I think the reality is, honestly, you know, it's why I encourage some just kind of quiet, you know, silence in this, in this book, you know, is just closing your eyes and saying, who has God brought into my life already? You know, who I've been kind of holding off, you know, given the stiff arm to, you know, and just yeah. letting that arm go down and saying, you know, that guy has been pursuing me. I'm going to let him in. Well, you already have the two am friend, you know? And so God's been at work, you know, at, in, in ways that we haven't even, you know, been able to I don't know, recognized and wanted to recognize. So all I want to say is that, yeah, we need it. Absolutely have to have it. It's not, it's a non-negotiable. We think it's negotiable. We think, well, community's not for me or I don't really need guys. It's a non-negotiable and uh, it's a lot easier to get than we think it is.
0: That's right, man. Super convicting. I'll let you know right now, Justin, that was, uh, <laughs> that definitely convicted me right there. I, I have one or two uh, that fit that description that's that's so good hey justin if guys want to get a hold of you if they want to connect with everything that you're doing i know you had said um gather ministries is there any anywhere else you want to send them
1: you know gather ministries is a great place to start so we have a bunch of stuff we have the wire devotional for men it goes out twice a week it's free it has a lot of this content but it's you can read it in under a minute they're about i don't know a hundred and 20,000 guys that read that, you know, twice a week, um, that's available. You can go to wireformen.com. Jennifer and I have a podcast called the rush podcast. Um, you know, we have an interview site where we interview folks, you know, interesting folks, just like you do from the, from the Christian world. It's all written interviews though. It's called wrapped interviews, but all of it is kind of, you know, gather ministries is a hub for all of that stuff. And, and including this book and all the other books, gentlemen, thank you
0: so much for joining us on this episode of the becoming
1: man podcast.
0: If you want more free, impactful, and transformational resources, be sure to stop by the website, thebecomingmen.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever other platform you use. And if you'd like to do something to support The Becoming Men, it always means a bunch if you're able to leave a quick review or rating on iTunes. Also, many thanks to those who've partnered with us to support our work through financial donations. Your support helps make The Becoming Men podcast and our free resources available to men around the world, literally. If you're interested in becoming a partner, you can find out more at thebecomingmen.com forward slash partner. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash partner. Until next time, continue to march.